Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys are just as shocked as I am to see me standing up here because, as you know, I hate this. I do not like talking in front of people. I do not like attention, but Pastor Rachel is not feeling well today, and she asked me to share um, a little bit of what's going on in my life because it's really kind of taken a huge turn um, this year. And it all makes me very nervous. I hate talking about myself. I hate everybody looking at me. I have nothing prepared. She just asked me like five minutes ago. So there's no telling what is going to come out of my mouth. So I apologize for the most inarticulate message you'll probably hear. Um, and all of this is making me sweat in places I didn't even know I had. Like, this scares me. But... Um, I'm going to kind of start out, I, I guess, um, that's what my brain is telling me to do right now with my job situation. Um, you know, so many of you have asked me um, throughout my time here, like, how's the job going? And I'm just like, oh, God, it's like my least favorite thing to talk about um, because I was so miserable and as great of a job as it was on paper, and it did some really great things for me. I met a lot of great people. I had a great reputation. Um, I was comfortable, and that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about today is getting out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, Julia used to tell me, you know, you never sounded like this at work until you got this new boss. And I'm like, I know because I loved my job when I had a different boss. And as many friendships as I had there and great people I worked with, when you have somebody, just one person, they can change the whole culture of an environment. It takes so much out of you. And actually... um one of the ladies I work with uh, gave me these post-it notes because they used to tell me, you know, this place couldn't run without you and your boss would be so screwed if you weren't here to cover um, her mistakes. And so somebody actually gave me these post-it notes that says, do you want to talk to who's in charge or the person that actually knows what's going on, which I thought was hysterical. Um, but things hadn't been very good at my job for I would say at least three years, and no matter what I tried to do to get out, something always happened to where I couldn't. Now, there were a few jobs that would have kind of been a little bit of a lateral move, and because I'm an idiot, um, I didn't take them, and maybe not for the right reasons, because I'm super, super loyal, and I thought, oh, man, what would they do without me? Oh, I have to be here to help them. I can't leave them. I don't want to leave the students in a lurch, and my faculty are so amazing to me. I don't want to do that to them. And there were two instances that I did turn down jobs that I probably could have been happy in. I don't know, because maybe... My ego, like, oh, they they can't make it without me, um, which turned out to be a blessing. But um, one of them, about a year ago, that I was going to take, and I thought, in my head, I was like, this is it. I'm getting out of here. I'm free. I'm free. They're opening the prison doors. Um, I had the job offer, and I was 
so close to saying yes, like within a day. And I found out that I had to have major knee surgery. So, um, yeah, that's what a slipping on a sprinkler head will do to you playing the outfield. Um, I tore my ACL, my MCL, and meniscus. And the surgeon basically said, there's no way you cannot have surgery. You have nothing holding your knee in place. And it, it would pop in and out of place, which hurt real bad, let me tell you. Um, and you won't be able to drive for a month. And you will be in physical therapy for at least six months. Awesome. Okay. Well, you know, I couldn't leave a job where I got six weeks vacation, another five weeks sick time, and three personal days to to a job where I had nothing. I had no vacation time, no sick time, totally different insurance that I don't even know what it would cover. Um, so I was stuck. And, I, you know, I it discouraged me. And I just thought, well... There's a reason, I guess, but it, this really sucks. I was really mad about it. Um, so I was at the point where I felt like, man, no matter what I do, I just can't get ahead. If I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. And I was really upset about it. And things at work just kept getting worse and worse and worse. But I, I was stuck. I couldn't do anything. I had to take care of my knee. And until that was all better, I couldn't do anything. And I was just like, oh man, like I would come home, I wouldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. Um, I had zero energy, even though I couldn't sleep, I was completely tired all the time. Um, and I'm not the type of person that shows weakness. I just smiled through it and everything is great and I'm fine. And I don't like people to maybe feel sorry for me or whatever, but seeing people now that still work there, I'm like, man, if I looked like that when I was there, I looked real rough. And by the way, you guys should have told me I looked that rough. A little mad at you. I'm kidding. Um, but fast forwarding a little bit, um, I was promised a new position at my job and I was like, okay, cool. And That'd be awesome. I was doing something actually outside of my, what I was hired there to do. And um, basically the chief of, or director, I, I don't know her title, of the third and fourth year medical students at the hospital loved me. And she wanted me to do this job. And so she wanted them to create a new position for me, which they said they were going to. I was like, wow, this is really awesome. Like maybe, you, you know, my hard work has paid off. My rep my great reputation has paid off. Like maybe something good is coming my way. Well, I should have known better um, because I got called into a meeting to which I thought they were <laughs> the associate dean at the medical school was announcing to this very large group of people that didn't really need to be there for this. Um, I thought he was... This was his big announcement that we're promoting you and we wrote this position for you. And thank you so much for all your hard work. You do such a great job. And it was not that conversation. It was, well, we hired this man um, for the position that we promised you. And um, we had to really pay him some good money, um, which I don't know why they told me that part. Come to find out he was making three times more, at least, than what I was making. But because you did such a great job, we would love you for you to train him. Uh, what? 
because I'm a team player and also known as a sucker, um, I said, oh, sure, I'd love to train him, can't wait, seems like a super nice guy. And I left and I shut my office door and I cried. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what? I'm... It's not the degree. I have my stinking master's degree for crying out loud. Why can I not get ahead? So I just pulled myself together and trained this new guy, and everybody was not very happy about it, um, including the, the director at the hospital. She was very upset about it. And basically they told her, oh, we have nothing we can do. I was like, okay, all right. Um, I guess this is just another one of those situations where I put on my brave face and I power through it. And obviously, I'm not going to not help somebody. It's not the person they hired's fault, even though I secretly wanted to hate him. He was a really nice guy, and I would do anything to prevent somebody from failing. So um, that kind of was a real shot to my heart. It like it physically hurt, and I thought. I can't keep doing this anymore. I can't keep killing myself over a job to be constantly overlooked. And that's been like sort of an insecurity for me for a long time. Is I'm, I'm the person that always gets overlooked. No matter how hard I try, like I always felt like I was never good enough. You know, things that are said about you in your childhood really stick with you. And so I always just felt not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, and I just always felt that way, and this did not help, and I kind of just, I felt myself shutting down a little bit, but because I I like to fake it till you make it, um, I kind of talked myself into everything's great, just keep holding on, and then one day at work, um, it was myself and some people at Beaumont had to come in and do this exam. And because this guy that I had to train was new, like I would come and help him and kind of mentor him through the whole process. Well, my boss did not like that. And she literally screamed at me, um, which I was used to. I mean, you come in and she's either my best friend and say, hey, at lunch, let's go to lunch. Let's go shopping. Uh, you know, or it was her physically like tur turning on a dime like in the flick of a switch and screaming at me and nobody really understood why I got the brunt of it but I seem to and probably because I'm a sucker and I just never defended myself in all reality but anyway she screamed at me so badly for helping this guy and I was like you know what this sucks this is not okay then 10 minutes later, she calls me and says, can you come to the library? I really need your help. I don't know how to do this, and I just really need your help with it. So what do I do? I walk over to the library, and I help her for the same thing that she just yelled at me for. And I just decided, you know what? I am done. I am not doing this. So that afternoon, actually, I had to go to Royal Oak Beaumont to train some people on technology that we use for evaluations and stuff. So I get there and I'm talking to um, just one of the people I was training and she's like, hey, you know what, we have this job opening in the department across the hall. It's an IT job, but I think you would be really good at it. I'm like, hmm, well, let me 
see what it's about. And I'm, like, reading the description. And I'm like, mm, I know enough about that and that and that. Like, yeah, I could do, I could probably do this. So she actually called the director of that department in and had her talk to me for a few minutes. And the director was like, why don't you apply? Email me and let me know when you've applied. Okay, so I go home that night and I apply. And um, a couple, I don't know, a week or two, I don't even know the timing of it. Um, go by, I don't hear anything, and it's not super surprising because higher end hospitals are the two places that take forever to do any kind of interviewing, any kind of hiring. So, um, I was in my car driving to Tennessee because I, I think everybody knows, um, I was driving to Tennessee once a month, um, starting in August. And I would stay for, sometimes it was a week at a time, sometimes it was a long weekend to take care of my aunt who was very ill um, in Knoxville. And my favorite aunt, mind you, and she's my dad's sister. And um, I felt like I had to help her, so I'd go and help take care of her. And on my way down to Tennessee, um, it was like a Thursday, I think it was a Thursday, I get this call. It's from the hospital saying, hey, can you come in on Tuesday for an interview for this job? And I'm like, oh, man, my aunt is going to be so mad that I'm going to have to leave early. But so I get, you know, obviously I say, of, of course. So I get down to Tennessee and I spend the weekend with my aunt. And um, that it was like Monday night, Tuesday morning. I literally drove eight hours from my aunt's house to the hospital to have this interview for this job and I was tired I was emotional I leaving that day um I knew it was probably the last time I was going to see my aunt I knew it and it was she didn't want she begged me to stay and I had to say no it was it was completely heartbreaking so I get to this interview I'm exhausted and they're asking me, you know, all these IT questions. And, you know, some of it I knew, of course. You know, I knew enough to be dangerous. And leaving there, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm a pretty um, realistic person. And I can put things in perspective and really be unbiased. And I told people, I'm like, you know what? It could go either way. Like, if it's based on my personality, I killed it. Like, they, I know they love my personality. But if they find somebody that has an IT background, like, there's no way I'm getting this. So I don't hear anything for, like, I don't know, two-ish weeks. And I get an email from the director of the department. And usually when stuff like that happens, you just, you get an email from HR, that you know, those emails that irritate the crap out of you that are, like, Thank you so much for applying. We regretfully inform you that we have chosen another candidate, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whatever. But I got an email from the director saying, hey, you know what? My team really liked you. Unfortunately, we hired somebody internally, which let me just say I love that. I love when companies hire somebody internally. Like I think that says a lot about them and how they value their employees. Um, but she said, we have this other job that opened up. Um, I would love for you to apply for it. And so I was like, eh, I don't know. So I didn't do anything. I sat on it for uh, a long time. I don't even know. And um, in my head, I'm like, I'm not applying for that. I don't want it. Nope. 
I'll, I'll find something eventually. Until one day my boss went on one of her crazy rampages and just, I mean, pe people were floored at the things she was screaming. And I was like, you know what, forget this. And I applied for that job that I told myself I wasn't applying to. And I emailed the director and I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I applied for that job. Um, hope to hear from you soon. And she replies within like, I don't know, a half hour. It was like, oh, I'm so glad to hear you applied. Um, we're actually starting interviews really soon. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, so the next day I get a call from HR saying, hey, we'd like, no, let me fast forward. No, rewind, right? Yeah, rewind. Um, the director calls me and says, hey, can you come in for um, an interview on Wednesday? Sure, absolutely, I'll be there. No problem. In the meantime, somebody else from Beaumont says to me, Carlene, we have this job in pediatrics running the residency program. You'd be working with me and this doctor and this doctor who you already know. Apply for it. And I was like, okay, I'll apply for that one too. I'm getting out of here. Hooray. Um, so I applied for that. And they called me and they're like, hey, can you come in on Thursday? Sure, I'll come in. So I have these back-to-back -back interviews. Um, in the meantime, my aunt passes away. A week later, my cousin um, passed away in her sleep out of the blue. And I am like an emotional wreck. Like, barely holding myself together. Um, you can ask Julia. I cried until... You probably couldn't even understand a word that was coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, there's no way I can go through an interview. There's no way. And um, But I did. And, you know, the one with the director that I'd interviewed with previously, the interview lasted literally 10 minutes. And I knew, I'm like, they're going to offer me this position. And what if I have to say no? And I start worrying. And uh, what if I like this other job better? And in my head, I didn't want this position. I, I did not want it. I was all about this pediatric residency job that I had the next day. So I go and I interview at this job and or that position, the peds one, and I left thinking, what a bunch of nutbags. Like, these people are crazy. I do not want this job, and they offer me the job. So HR calls and says, you have to take your name out of the ring. You can't have two job offers. You have to go for one or the other. And I'm like, wow, okay, which I think is a stupid policy, but, you know, I just kind of, like, prayed about it and thought about it and talked it through with some people that I trusted um, that work at the hospital and I was like, wow, I'm going to have to, to go for the one that I didn't think I wanted. So before I accepted it, I called HR back and I said, you know what? I know I put this amount of money on my application, but after going through um, all your benefits and this and this and this, I actually can't even consider taking this job unless you up what I put on there by three grand. She goes, well, let me talk to the director and I'll give you a call back. She calls me back like an hour later and she's like, yep, that's fine. And I was like, really? Well, okay, well, these are some other stipulations. Yep, that's fine. I'm like, well, then I started getting greedy. And I knew I was getting greedy and I was just kind of waiting for them to like say no. And one of the things was, well, my schedule has to be from this time to this time during these, during March to June because I coach high school softball thinking they're going to be like, do you want a job or do you want to coach high school softball? They never said no. I'm like, 
is this really happening? So obviously I had to take the job. And um, so I've been there uh, three weeks and it is amazing how much less stressful I feel. Like I didn't realize how dysfunctional and how unhealthy I was until I got out of that situation. Um, it was bad. It was really bad. I, you know, and I know as much as I tried to hide it, people saw it. I mean, Julia saw it. And, you know, in the meantime, like things have just been going really well. And I'm not sure almost how to handle it. I'm just kind of waiting for the bottom to fall out because these past, I mean, really ever since my dad died, like my life has been just turned upside down in such a bad way that I, I literally lost who I was. Oh, in the meantime. So you guys all know, like I used to work in radio and marketing and I had to shut that door a long, long time ago. Um, basically to take care of myself because um, I just needed something stable without my dad there. And um, so in the summer, um, a DJ that works at a station, um, her name's Allison, and she is awesome, um, lost her job. And I would see things on Facebook and stuff. And, you know, I, I listened to her show in the morning. It's really the only morning show that I, that I liked. But I wasn't like a diehard, like, super fan by any, you know, I, I liked her, I thought she was amazing, I liked listening to her, but I, like, we weren't friends on Facebook, I, you know, I didn't follow her Twitter or anything, because, mostly because it was too, it was too hard, unless I knew you in my past, like, radio days when I worked there, it was, it was a little bit too hard to, like, know people in that world, I guess, that I always wanted to be a part of, anyway, um, so she lost her job and she just, it was shocking to her and she was having a really hard time. And I thought, you know, I know what it feels like to be in a place where you just feel lost, alone, confused. And I'm not one to reach out to people either. And Julia actually can tell you that. Like the last time I ever reached out and put myself out there was with her. And I thought, you know what, if that worked out well, like obviously now we're torment each other like sisters, um, then, you know, what's it going to hurt? What is it going to hurt to be nice to somebody? Um, and so I just sent her a message on Facebook and I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, you know what, I know things seem really awful right now, um, but good things are coming your way. And sometimes, you know, and I don't, I know you're getting a million and five messages and I don't expect a response. Um, but I just want you to know that like you have great things coming your way. And even though you seem like in the darkest of places right now, the best is, is still coming to you. Like you haven't seen your best self yet. You haven't seen your dream come true yet. Like you have amazing things in your future. And I just kind of left it at that, like, you know, no expectations whatsoever. And um, I got a response back and I was like, huh. And it wasn't just like, thank you. I appreciate it. It was like a legit response. And so 
we we started talking and she wrote a book. And I was like, huh, I could help with this. Like, I'm sure she has like these huge people that have a billion connections. I could probably front some things for her. But I want to help her. I want to just stand with her because I believe that much in her. I believe that much in her story. And I believe that much in her dream. And why I had this draw to her, I have no idea. I have, honestly, I don't know what it was. Um, so I just kind of threw it out there thinking she'd be like, oh, thank you. Um, I appreciate it, which... She totally, she totally said thank you. I don't want it to sound like she didn't. Um, but I, I really was kind of expecting a brush off, which would have been fine. But that didn't happen. And we started talking and I, you know, I, I started working really hard on helping her. And it's funny how when like one good thing goes your way or how you get out of one bad situation, how just life opens up all these I don't want to say opportunities, but it just, it changes your whole perspective on people, on yourself, on the world. And my only um, MO in this whole thing was to be helpful. Like, you guys know, like, I'm not the one who likes the spotlight on me. I'm the one that likes to be behind the scenes, running around like a crazy person, like you see me doing every Sunday, trying to make sure that the people that are in the spotlight look, sound, feel amazing. And that's what I wanted to do with Allison. And um, I bought about three or four copies of her book. I don't even know. But on any website or any medium that it was available, I bought it just to be supportive. Like, um, I bought it for people that I know that really – liked her and listened to her and um so anyway I really got to know her and her story and I started working really hard on just coming up with ideas of things that I thought would be really good for her or really helpful in promoting her book and I just started posting on Twitter and like putting hashtags to get her trending and just little things not because she asked me to because I but because I thought I could help her like in my in my head and I guess the message that I'm trying to convey here and not doing a very good job of doing it is um, that when things start going our way when we start getting blessed we should bless other people and even when things aren't going our way I think it's even more important that even though like I still wasn't out of a the bad situation like you still need to bless people you can't don't get stuck. And one of the things that I feel like maybe I, maybe I stayed too long, but I was in my comfort zone. And no matter how crazy and like a circus my comfort zone was, it was my comfort zone. And when I took a step of faith out of that comfort zone, things started coming full circle. Like things like marketing that I've loved since I was in college, since I had one professor that just changed my life, um, it was such a dream of mine. For that to come back into play has been so rewarding to me. Even in, you know, people ask, like, why are you doing this? Why are you helping her? What are you looking to get out of it? 
And they're really surprised when I'm like, I'm not looking to get anything out of it. I'm looking for her to get something out of it. And if I can use my talents, and that's the other thing. When I got out of this dysfunctional situation, I thought I was worthless. Like, I just thought I had nothing to offer anybody. And when I started maybe tapping into myself a little bit and finding a little bit of confidence in myself, um, I thought, wow, this could be something really good for her. And if I can do that for somebody else, like that is the big enough reward for me. And I hope it gives you maybe some comfort, maybe some encouragement um, that if I can get through a valley, you can get through a valley. And if I can come out the other side feeling so um, excited, like this book that she wrote, which you should all buy, I'm just telling you, it is really good. Even if you're not in radio, like even if you've just had a dream and you've had doors closed, which we all have, it's it's amazing. Like it's funny. It's inspirational. She tells really funny cat stories and they're really cute and you see cute little pictures and um, you can get it on Amazon. And that's the last of my shameless promotion. She's amazing. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought. But, you know, she thanks me all the time. Thank you so much for putting your time and thank you for helping me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I I don't know if I've said it to her, and I probably should, but I'm the one that should be thanking her. Because her allowing me to, like, be on this journey with her, um, I feel has probably helped me more than it's helped her. Like, I am not a confident person. Like I said before, like, I'm, I feel like I have nothing to offer pretty much anybody. But this is one thing I know I'm good at. And even if... You know, she runs with it and becomes, like, this big Oprah's bestseller and is like, oh, I don't, Carlene, who's Carlene? I have no idea who that is. Like, I don't even care because my joy comes from her finding her joy. Um, and my joy comes from finding that inner confidence that I had been lacking, that, that had disappeared for such a long time. And... You know, we're called to love people. We're not called to judge people. We're not called to love people who have the same political, religious beliefs, the same social belief, the same whatever. We're not, that's not our job to, to judge that. Our job is to stand with people and to love people. And it's also our job to love ourselves. And if we can do both, you know, it says love thy neighbor as thyself. If we can do both, I honestly don't know what is more rewarding in life. And I'm going to wrap up real quick. I really should have had notes. This is really rambly and I apologize. But I just want to say like, one, think of somebody in your life that you know you can help and help them. You will be amazed how much your life will change and how much joy you will find that you never thought you could. Like, take the focus off yourself for just a second. I promise you it will be worth it. The other thing is, um, valleys don't last forever. 
And I, you know, my motto was if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. And that needed to change, and it has changed. And good things do happen to good people. And lastly, like, step out of your comfort zone. It is honestly amazing what happens when you go into a place where you're not comfortable. I promise, I promise, I promise you're worth it. It will be worth it. And you will see your life transform in the most positive of ways. So thank you for listening to my rambling. And, you know, I hope at least what I've gone through has helped somebody.